Section 10 of U.S. Money versus Corporation Currency, Aldrich Plan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. U.S. Money versus Corporation Currency, Aldrich Plan, by Alfred Owen Crozier. Chapter 8. Wall Street's First and Second Plans wall street's first plan new york chamber of commerce in 1906 originates present central bank scheme the new york chamber of commerce is an association for mutual interest of the brains of wall street its powerful guiding hand is seen in the provisions of every banking and monetary system and in the language of every financial statute adopted since the association was founded on april five seventeen sixty eight it is largely entitled to the credit and blame for all successes and failures for in the long run it usually has had its way and forced its will upon the country and into the provisions of law the chronological record of its achievements in this line printed in its monthly bulletin for april nineteen eleven is its claim and boast that the above is true that record shows in eighteen nineteen it opposed repeal of the charter of the first central bank the bank of the united states unsuccessfully in eighteen forty one it adopted a memorial in favor of a central national bank this was in the old days when president andrew jackson vetoed the bill renewing the charter of the second central bank the united states bank thereby destroying the institution because of its pernicious and dangerous activity in politics the same thing that caused the downfall of the first central bank both were private corporations seeking to control the public currency and money supply for private profit and power it is said that president biddle of the old central bank called on president andrew jackson in the white house telling him that he had power to bring about or to prevent president jackson's renomination and would renominate him if he signed and defeat him if he vetoed the bill renewing the central bank's charter old hickory replied i believe you are correct but that is too much power for one man to have in this republic and by the eternal i'll veto that bill and he did so president jackson so thoroughly exposed the sordid duplicity of the bankers and high financiers and their purpose to use the imperial powers of the central bank to rule politics and the government in the interest of wall street instead of the people that it was considered useless to attempt another central bank until the country forgot the vicious sins of the old ones the men of jackson's day are all dead a new generation has taken their places at last the same old cat comes out of the same old hole for on october four nineteen o six the new york chamber of commerce again declares for a great central bank and this has led to the proposal now called aldrich plan whether democracy can be made to forget the past as wall street softly strokes its fur and soothingly whispers into its capacious ear those clever enticing and deceptive words non-partisan and non-political monetary banking and currency reform and will swap jackson for aldrich as its future patron saint 
the country soon will know if that great popular and patriotic organization with its splendid past achievements for popular government and the underlying precepts and examples of its great historic leaders by its voluntary consent now can be thus easily chloroformed as it stands on guard to protect the people against their insidious and powerful enemies it will be the greatest of the many mysterious miracles wrought by wall street examination into the history of the new york chamber of commerce the list of past and present members officers and directors induces the belief that the chamber always is ruled and guided in its very act and resolution by the powerful minds that also rule wall street and to a large extent the big banks insurance and trust companies railroads and trusts of the united states and many believe seek to influence or dominate politics and parties that shape and administer the laws and government of the republic the present officers as printed on a letter of november twenty eighth nineteen eleven which writer received from its secretary are president a barton hepburn secretary serrano s pratt treasurer william h porter assistant secretary charles t gwynne vice presidents cleveland a dodge james j hill george f bear william a nash j pierpont morgan jacob h schiff otto t bernard arthur james curtis john claflin a foster higgins james talcott these officers and the chamber's board of directors and their affiliations is wall street new york chamber of commerce's nineteen o six plan to the courtesy of the national city bank of new york we are indebted for a printed copy of the full report of the special currency committee of the new york chamber of commerce dated october four nineteen o six which report was adopted by the chamber the members of the committee were john claflin frank a vanderlip now president of national city bank isidore strauss dumont clark and james a conant the report is voluminous and illuminating we quote substantially in full the portion advocating a central bank as follows quote, a central bank of issue in our opinion the best method of providing an elastic credit currency the volume of which could never be excessive would be the creation of a central bank of issue under the control of the government this central bank should have branches in the leading cities and should have dealings only with banks although its capital stock might be privately owned or distributed among the banking institutions of the country it should be under the direct control of a board of governors appointed at least in part by the president of the united states for it should perform some of the functions now imposed upon the united states treasury and should at the same time be managed not exclusively for private gain but for the public good as well this bank should have a large capital not less than fifty million dollars it should carry a large reserve of gold and should act as custodian of the metallic reserves of the government and as its agent in redeeming all forms of credit money it should also be receiving and dispersing agent for the government 
doing at its branches the work now done at the sub-treasuries it should hold the five per cent redemption fund now deposited in the treasury by the national banks for the current redemption of their bond secured notes and should redeem national bank notes both at its central office and at all its branches advantages of a central bank the operations of central banks in europe especially in france germany austria-hungary and the netherlands make it impossible to doubt that the existence of such a bank in this country would be of incalculable benefit to our financial and business interests such a bank in times of stress or emergency would be able by regulation of its note issues to prevent those sudden and great fluctuations in rates of interest which have in the past proved so disastrous furthermore it would have the power to curb dangerous tendencies to speculation and undue expansion for by the control of its rate of interest and of its issues of notes it would be able to exert great influence upon the money market and upon public opinion such power is not now possessed by any institution in the united states under our present system of independent banks there is no centralization of financial responsibility so that in times of dangerous overexpansion no united effort can be made to impose a check which will prevent reaction and depression this is what a large central bank would be in a position to do most effectively a central note issuing bank would supply an elastic currency varying automatically with the needs of the country this currency could never be in excess for notes not needed by the country would be presented for deposit or redemption resume of advantages the advantages of such a central bank in brief would be as follows one it would supply the country with an elastic currency responsive to the varying needs of business two it would tend to steady the rate of interest at all seasons and to give relief in periods of industrial and financial stress for its large resources would enable it to meet extraordinary and sudden demands for both capital and currency three it would relieve the federal treasury of the duties now imposed upon the division of issue and redemption and on account of its intimate relations with the money market would be in a position as the treasury is not to protect itself against a prolonged drain upon its reserves four it would do away with the cumbersome sub-treasury system and keep the money of the country always at the disposal of trade and commerce so that the government's collections and disbursements would cause neither contraction nor inflation we therefore make the following recommendations one that legislation be enacted which shall provide the country with a flexible and elastic banknote currency and to this end we suggest that either one of the two following plans might wisely be adopted a let there be created a central bank of issue similar to the bank of germany or the bank of france such bank to deal exclusively with banks its stock to be owned in part by banking institutions and in part by the government but in its management representatives of the government shall be supreme this central bank shall issue currency rediscount for other banks 
hold public money and act as agent of the government in redeeming its paper money and making its disbursements or b let any national bank whose bond secured circulation equals fifty per cent of its capital have authority to issue additional notes equal in amount to thirty five per cent of its capital let each additional notes be subject to a graduated tax as follows the first five per cent taxed at the rate of two per cent per annum the second five per cent taxed at the rate of three per cent the third five per cent taxed at the rate of four per cent then an issue equal to ten per cent of capital taxed at five per cent then an issue equal to ten per cent of capital taxed at six per cent let the proceeds of this graduated tax constitute a guarantee fund in the custody of the government for the redemption of the notes of failed banks to ensure the prompt retirement of notes when not needed let redemption agencies be established at sub-treasuries and other convenient points let all the notes of a bank be alike in form and let it be the duty of the united states treasury to redeem all the notes of a failed bank as at present in full on presentation and to recoup itself from the assets of the failed bank and from the guarantee fund two that the law restricting the retirement of national bank notes to three million dollars per month by the deposit of lawful money be repealed three that future issues of united states bonds be not made available as a basis for the issue of national bank notes four that the laws regulating the operations of the united states treasury be amended in such a manner that they shall not as now interfere with the money market and to this end we suggest a law requiring that all money in the general fund of the treasury above a reasonable working balance be deposited in national banks End quote. other portions of the above quoted report concede one that prices and rates of interest tend to increase and decrease with the volume of available currency and credit. 2. That the increase and decrease of a bank's cash reserve automatically operates to increase and decrease its total loans of credit. If its loans total ten times its cash reserve, loans should be reduced $10,000 for each $1,000 shrinkage of cash in its reserve. 3 that stock market speculation always is stimulated and increases whenever the quantity of available money and credit is increased or the rate of interest is lowered and is checked and decreased whenever the available supply of money and credit is decreased or the rate of interest is raised four that the quantity of credit banks can grant in the shape of ordinary interest-bearing bank loans depends wholly and absolutely upon the amount of lawful money that they can get to put into their reserves the profits of banks automatically increase and decrease with the volume of such loans on the average including all state banks and trust companies banks issue and keep afloat a volume of loans of credit aggregating at least ten times the total cash resources in their reserves the dominating importance of these four conceded axioms of finance and banking so easily understood by everybody familiar with the cause and effect 
of the ordinary elemental law of supply and demand will be apparent as we proceed particularly so when we compare the provisions of the above first new york chamber of commerce plan adopted october fourth nineteen o six with the second new york chamber of commerce plan adopted by the chamber march two nineteen eleven see monthly bulletins for march and april nineteen eleven and with the aldrich plan announced in january nineteen eleven and the revised aldrich plan issued in october nineteen eleven note particularly that the above report says quote, by the control of its rate of interest and of its issues of notes it would be able to exert great influence upon the money market and upon public opinion such power is not possessed by any institution in the united states End quote. just so that is the power wall street seeks by making it a private instead of a public institution briefly suppose there was some potential individual or a group of men with axes to grind by stock market manipulations emitting and selling vast flotations of stock and bond issues forming trusts consolidating railroads into systems maintaining low interest rates for themselves to pay and high rates for the public and increasing their political influence to gain legislative favors and judicial immunities and suppose these persons were able absolutely to control the supply and from day to day regulate the volume of money or currency for use in the united states by the banks and the people under the above four axioms would they not have absolute power if they wanted to use it to one increase interest rates by making available money scarce two decrease interest rates by making money over plenty three increase the prices of all securities property commodities and labor by inflating the quantity of money and credit available with which to buy four decrease the prices of all securities property commodities and labor by contracting the quantity of money and credit available with which to buy five profit both by such artificial increase and decrease of prices because of having exclusive advance information as to the extent of such inflations and contractions of the money supply and just when they will take place six vastly increase the interest profits of the banks by increasing the currency available for bank reserves thereby enabling banks to inflate the volume of their loans of credit ten times such increase in cash reserves seven greatly decrease the earning power and profits of banks by contracting the currency thereby reducing bank cash reserves and forcing banks to contract the volume of their loans ten times as much eight make or break the prosperity of the country by this power to enable banks to increase their loans to commercial industrial and business borrowers or to force banks unexpectedly to contract loans and make such borrowers curtail their activities and reduce the volume of their business and their profits nine cause panics any time whatever the general and natural conditions of the country may be by suddenly contracting the currency to such an extent as quickly to rob the banks of a large portion of their cash reserves 
thus forcing banks to demand payment of their loans in such vast volumes that borrowers would be compelled instantly to slaughter prices and make forced sales of securities properties and commodities at ruinous figures for money to pay such bank loans thus causing general demoralization and universal panic ten take advantage of panic so caused to acquire cheap and stricken and crippled enterprises and industries turning them over to their trusts thus removing competition and enabling trusts to increase profits by increasing prices against consumers and by reducing the wages of labor eleven force labor wholesale into idleness by such panics or semi-panics or terrify it with the fear of general lack of employment thereby enabling reduction in wages and increase in the hours of labor teaching labor a lesson so that unresistingly and unprotestingly it will forever submit to the demands and the conditions imposed by the wall street masters of the great employing corporations twelve so control the supply of money and credit as to make it forever impossible to finance or start any important enterprise or undertaking until control and most of the profits are surrendered to them thirteen master and control the banks in their every act because of the power to control the volume of their profits cash reserves and loans of credit making them a buy securities perhaps undesirable at high prices b make loans to certain parties and corporations c call loans of businessmen generally d call loans to punish certain parties e call certain loans to force the dumping upon the market of the particular securities up as collateral f call loans generally to help force upon the market in vast quantities the securities held as collateral thus aiding to wreck prices during a bear raid when insiders want to buy cheap g make undesired loans to the secret pools on stock exchange collateral thus causing refusal of applications for legitimate business purposes during a bull campaign when insiders are driving prices to high levels to unload upon the public h induce granting loans to trusts and refusal of accommodations to the competitors of trusts i loaning on call to trusts and stock gamblers at two per cent and charging ordinary business borrowers six per cent j reducing banks ability properly to care for regular customers by inducing loans as favors to individuals or corporations in position to give preferences in the purchase of supplies and by way of transportation rates or advantages to favored trusts or individuals k crowding for favors to the extent that banks to avoid offending will over loan or violate other provisions of the laws perhaps involving bankers in criminal prosecution fourteen permanently increase interest rates paid by borrowers for bank accommodations fifteen permanently reduce the rate of interest paid by banks to depositors sixteen extort from the political party in power special legislative executive and judicial privileges and immunities under threat or fear that if not granted panic will be caused at the right moment to discredit the administration 
the party in power and its political leaders and cause its defeat in approaching national or state elections seventeen increase alarmingly the prevalence of graft and corruption and betrayal of public trust by officials by insidious methods of moral if not legal bribery and opportunities to participate in flotations and deals where profits will be certain and tempting eighteen complete mastery of politics and parties and of the government itself through twenty-four thousand influential and widely distributed banks as a vast and invincible political machine that by means of bank loans granted for bribes or called in for punishment will have life and death power over the business of almost every individual and corporation throughout the united states the above eighteen things are a few of the many potential possibilities if those few wall street men had private control of the public currency and does anybody doubt that they will obtain control and be able to do these things if congress commits the folly of taking control of the public currency away from the government and grants it to a mere private corporation second new york chamber of commerce plan the first plan adopted by the chamber on october four nineteen o six in its language was sound honest and patriotic it proposed a central bank under the absolute control of the federal government it said quote, in its management representatives of the government shall be supreme end quote. under the aldrich plan of the forty-six directors of the national reserve association the banking fraternity will name forty-two and the government of the united states four on march two nineteen eleven the second new york chamber of commerce plan for a central bank was formally adopted by the chamber this plan hereinafter given was printed in the chamber's monthly bulletins for march and april nineteen eleven author has copies of these bulletins obtained from the chamber's secretary this plan and the revised aldrich plan are practically identical this is conceded and both seem to claim priority under these later plans the central bank is to be a private corporation exclusively owned by the banks instead of a public institution controlled by the government as the chamber's first plan demanded if congress adopts this revised version those few wall street men soon will own enough banks to control the central association then they can do all of the things above enumerated because they will absolutely control the entire money supply of the united states why did the new york chamber of commerce radically change from one extreme to the other from a central bank controlled by the government of ninety four million people to a central bank with governmental powers controlled by wall street was its original action in nineteen o six insincere did it resort to the trick of pretending to favor a government central bank thereby disarming criticism and allaying suspicion and opposition while an irresistible demand for elasticity a central bank and monetary reform was being worked up secretly intending that the opportune moment to shift the cards and hastily push through congress under whip and spur a scheme for a private central bank with a complete monopoly of the entire public currency 
the representatives of the new york chamber of commerce to the currency conference organized by the national board of trade held in washington d c january eighteen nineteen eleven were paul m warburg chairman welding ring algernon s frizzle samuel sachs and maurice l muhlman they persuaded the conference to adopt the views of the new york chamber of commerce the delegation reported their success to the chamber on february two nineteen eleven their report in full in its march bulletin was laid over until the march two nineteen eleven meeting when it was discussed and formally adopted the report was made by paul m warburg of the wall street international banking house of kuhn loeb and company chairman and reputed author of the private central bank scheme the second new york chamber of commerce plan now known officially as the aldrich plan leaving out the long preamble following is all that portion of said report comprising in full the resolutions adopted advocating a private central bank Quote, resolved that this convention unequivocally declares in favor of the creation for the united states of a central banking organization based upon the following general principles one that such central organization be a corporation endowed with a large stock capital and not merely an association of banks two that its stock capital be owned by incorporated banking institutions including trust companies whether under national or state charter willing to assume equal duties as a basis for equal privileges three that its administration be divided between the government the member banks and the commercial classes in a manner which will safeguard against individual sectional or political domination four that its business be limited to transactions with the government and with the incorporated banking institutions which become stockholders i e member banks except as provided in paragraph nine clause b five that dividends on its stock be limited to a fixed moderate return and profits in excess of such dividends after providing for a reasonable surplus and emergency fund be turned over to the government six that its business be conducted through branches to be established in the banking districts into which the country shall be divided the member banks of the several districts constituting joint associations and sharing in the administration of the branches seven that it shall free of charge receive and disperse all monies of the united states government in places where it shall have offices eight that it shall not allow interest on deposits nine that it shall have power a to issue circulating notes payable in gold to be secured by gold and negotiable paper and if necessary eventually to retire the present bond secured bank notes to a limited amount by government bonds b for the regulation of its gold reserve to buy and sell bullion and to contract for loans of gold and under proper restrictions to deal and invest in foreign bills of exchange c to require the member banks to keep with it a portion of their reserves prescribed by law d to rediscount only for member banks commercial paper under regulations prescribing the limit of amount for each member bank the maximum time to run 
and determining the degree of guarantee to be provided by the joint associations of member banks of each district e under careful and proper restrictions to discount approved american bank acceptances f to transfer funds standing to the credit of a member bank to the credit of any other member bank at any of its branches g to buy and sell the bonds and treasury notes of the united states 10 that the central organization is ultimately to become the sole note issuing power resolved furthermore that copies of this resolution be sent to the president of the united states to the members of the national monetary commission and to each senator and representative in congress on the day preceding the meeting of the conference senator aldrich had published his plan for banking and currency reform and copies thereof were in the hands of the members of the conference the general provisions of the plan were explained in an instructive address by assistant secretary of the treasury a piet andrew your delegates are greatly pleased to report that this plan barring a few comparatively unimportant details compiled so fully with the principles established in the foregoing resolution that subsequent resolutions endorsing the broad principles of the aldrich plan without committing the conference as to every detail of the same and advocating the creation of a business men's league to assist in a campaign of propaganda and education were unanimously adopted by the committee on resolutions read as follows resolved that there be appointed by the chairman of this conference a committee of seven to organize a business men's monetary reform league which shall have its main office in chicago with branches in the various centers of the united states where local committees shall constitute the management the object of this league will be to carry on an active campaign of education and propaganda for monetary reform on the principles without endorsing every detail of reserve association with branches in the business centers of the country as outlined in senator aldridge's plan resolved that the delegations here present be requested to use their influence in the commercial bodies they represent to gain the active cooperation of those bodies and of their individual members in the work of the league as defined resolved that the business men's monetary reform league be requested when organized to provide for a committee on propaganda and education and also for a committee on legislation whose duty shall be to further monetary legislation on the principles adopted by the league resolved furthermore that the committee on organization be requested to bring about the cooperation and if possible a consolidation between this league and the national currency league already organized about a year ago by the merchants association of new york all of these resolutions were presented to the conference at its afternoon session by the chairman of the committee on resolutions paul m warburg and after instructive debate they were carried by an overwhelming majority End quote. another portion of the above quoted report says that of the eleven members of the committee on resolutions three mr warburg mr ring and mr sachs were members of the delegation from the new york chamber of commerce and that paul m warburg was chairman of the committee and presented and presumably prepared 
the above quoted resolutions it is said that the national citizens league now actively promoting the aldrich plan all over the country with headquarters at chicago was the outgrowth of this plan originated by the new york chamber of commerce the business men's monetary reform league having been merged into the same it will be remembered that this new organization is the one spoken of by the national city bank of new york in its herein before quoted letters as doing such valuable work promoting the aldrich plan in many states the chamber's april nineteen eleven bulletin shows that upon april two nineteen eleven the report was taken up discussed and adopted thus becoming officially the new york chamber of commerce second plan following is a portion of the discussion published in said bulletin Quote, paul m warburg chairman of the delegation to the monetary conference held in washington january eighteenth called up the report of the delegation presented at the last meeting and laid over for action at this meeting mr warburg mr chairman and members of the chamber the report of the delegation to the monetary conference at washington was placed before you in printed form at the last meeting and sent to every member since that meeting i shall not therefore take time to read the report but will simply move its adoption in doing so i would like to say a few words i think you could not fail to have been impressed upon the reading of our report with the remarkable degree of unanimity with which the proposed central reserve association was approved the delegates met and after ten minutes they knew that they all agreed on that question we then met with the delegates of the new york produce exchange and the merchants association it took us about half an hour to agree we went to washington to the conference at that conference there were representatives from all over the country and from canada after discussion the central reserve association was agreed on but with one dissenting voice meanwhile senator aldrich's plan had been brought forward and it recommended the same plan that had been recommended by our resolution since then a body of bankers had met in atlanta over twenty representing all parts of the country and they again after going over this plan most thoroughly and giving it searching criticism unanimously adopted it with some amendments as to details they adopted the underlying principles of the report so there can be no doubt that the country is ready for this plan and for its adoption there is no doubt at the same time that the prospect of getting this plan through in the next session of congress will depend upon the chances of making it a nonpartisan measure as a party measure the plan cannot succeed if it is a plan that comes forward in a nonpartisan form there can be no doubt of its success as mr mcveigh has said there is no difference between a republican and democratic depositor everybody alike looked miserable during the panic and it is more to the interest of the people of small means than it is to the people of larger means that this plan should be carried out the monetary reform league with which our report deals will meet by the end of this month in chicago very important men have been addressed and have signified their willingness to serve it is strongly hoped that the chamber of commerce will cooperate in this matter when the time comes 
and will strongly join in this effort on behalf of the delegates i move the adoption of this report j howard Coperthwaite. now the idea i have that this will become a political question is this senator aldridge is no longer a senator he has no more power in the republican party but a letter that i received from washington intimates that he will still retain the position as head of the monetary commission i suppose he can do that or not as he sees fit now if any bill is to be gotten through congress in the next two years it must be gotten through a democratic congress and if this appears to be a proposition by senator aldrich alone it is not likely to receive a great deal of favor but if it is proposed by the monetary commission why then it will meet with a different sort of reception and the monetary commission is the one to decide this question maurice l Muleman, mr president and members of the chamber i hesitate as a member of the delegation that went to washington to oppose mr coperthwaite's motion but there are several things that i believe we have a right to differ upon in the statement that was made by him in the first place the report of the delegates to washington does not endorse senator aldridge's proposition as such it states its own proposition first and then says that senator aldrich's proposition is in harmony in general principles and in essentials with its own proposition the proposition which the delegates put before the conference in washington was absolutely in harmony with the action which this chamber took in nineteen o six and absolutely in harmony with the policy of this chamber dating back to eighteen forty mr coperthwaite is afraid that we are going too far in this report in even suggesting that senator aldrich's plan has some essential features which are similar to the plan which we have elaborated which was embodied in the resolutions which we took to washington and which met the support of the representatives of every commercial body in the national conference except one mr coperthwaite seems to be afraid that this subject is going to become the football of politics gentlemen unless the commercial bodies of this country take up this question as they should it may become the football of politics and it is up to the commercial bodies to take hold of the question and to see to it that it is kept out of politics and handled as it should be handled by the business interests and not by the politicians mr coperthwaite says that there seems to be no need for haste the only reason why mr warburg presses for immediate action is this this report was presented at the last meeting of the chamber and by special request it was laid over to be acted upon to-day the movement of the commercial bodies of the country which is instigated through the instrumentality of the national board of trade under whose direction a national committee has been appointed proposes to meet in chicago before the end of the month as mr warburg has stated if the action of this chamber goes over another month this chamber has failed to place itself upon record upon this most important question if it is postponed the chamber has adopted a shifting policy should the chamber be afraid again to announce its policy upon this question which it definitely stated in nineteen o six as the leading important body of the country it is for this reason mr chairman that i rise to oppose the motion of mr coperthwaite and i hope that the chamber will accord to the delegation that went to washington 
the endorsement of adopting its own report samuel sachs as new york speaks so the rest of the country speak and if the chamber of commerce of new york should not support this resolution the whole question of banking reform and currency reform will die out and will not again come up until we are face to face with the next panic whenever that may occur now i earnestly hope that the gentlemen here assembled in this chamber will give their support to the work of senator aldrich and that they will endorse the report of mr warburg mr warburg's motion that the report of the delegation be adopted was then carried end of section ten